I remember the first time Jules and I met across a boardroom table and I sort of felt like he didn't really know the questions to ask and I was asking him about a business that didn't exist. To hand the keys over and say, right, you're my new boss, it took a lot of internal conversations with my ego. It was a quite a high pressure period for the company as we were trying to raise some money and that's always a stressful period. We had a, an experience once where Ant bravely addressed some of my contributions to the company as being probably quite toxic. This is Level Up, a podcast produced by LaunchVic, where you'll hear from leading Victorian entrepreneurs and their mentors with the goal of sharing their stories and encouraging you to consider the impact a mentor could have on your personal growth. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey, and in this podcast, you'll hear from some of the most successful startups in the country and the mentors who've helped them avoid stagnation, scale their businesses, and in today's case, face conflict head on. When Ant first brought it up, I felt like a naughty, naughty boy. I hated it. I hated it. It's so demoralising. That's the voice of Jules Lund, and he's speaking about a pivotal moment he had with his mentee, Anthony Sverskis. It happened during a moment of great upheaval for the company, and it could have broken their relationship. And for us to really understand the dynamic of this relationship, we need to understand this moment. But first, let's go back to the beginning with the story of how these two met. So before I started Tribe, I was a TV host. I travelled around the world for Getaway for about 10 years and hosted the red carpet for the Logies. And then I, uh, I moved back into radio. Funnily enough, I started there and it was through there that I fell in love with the power of social media. Jules's love for social media became the catalyst for the business we see today. Tribe. I was noticing more and more that brands were having trouble reaching audiences. So if I could create some sort of tech enabler where brands could actually collaborate with those individuals that had cultivated the biggest communities, then there was a, a fascinating way that they could, I suppose, have their brand marketed to an audience that they just simply cannot reach any other way. And so he built Tribe a branded content marketplace, now with offices in New York, London, Melbourne, and Sydney. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. At this point in the story, Tribe was still in its infancy. Now, when you meet Jules, you can really sense his excitement and energy. And like a lot of entrepreneurs, he rode that energy and his idea for Tribe to start the company and raise some funds. But where Jules is different from other entrepreneurs is that he very quickly realised he wasn't equipped to run the business himself. And so he decided to bring in a CEO. I think one of my greatest strengths is knowing my weaknesses. And, you know, in those early days, I very much knew I couldn't be the one who runs the business. I was thinking visually, creatively, you know, I had a, a good network, a reputation, and there was a lot of enthusiasm and passion, but just no real, no real strategy. So Jules, after this self-revelation and reaching out to a couple of trusted advisors, decides to take an unusual step and bring in a CEO at this very early stage. 
My name is Anthony Sverskus. I spent about seven years in Europe where I built a couple of businesses myself and really started on my entrepreneurship journey before coming back to Australia and, and were fortunate enough to meet Jules. So at this point, Anthony is established in business and Jules is not. Anthony gets a meeting with Jules organised through a recruiter. And as you'll hear, he found their initial meeting a little unconventional. Uh, I remember the the first time Jules and I met across a, a boardroom table and I sort of felt like he didn't really know the questions to ask and, and I was asking him about a business that didn't exist. It was, it was quite a, a sort of surreal experience. You know, to be honest, we, we interviewed a, a number of CEOs and I didn't even know how to assess them, right? I sort of was trying to assess them on whether they excited me or not. And he was the youngest, I think. But what what I loved about Ant in the presentations were Ant was just, just so fast in his responses and so confident and assertive. So despite Anthony's early impressions, Jules was obviously blown away by their first meeting. Anthony clearly demonstrates that he has the strategic thinking that Tribe sorely needed. And so Anthony becomes CEO and starts working together with Jules very closely. But it wasn't all smooth sailing right away. For me, to hand the keys over and say, right, you're my new boss, it took a, a lot of internal conversations with my ego. I think in those first couple of months, it was a little bit of push and pull. And I don't think we ever had a conversation about who owns what or how the decision making works. We already spoke about how unusual it is for a founder to bring on a CEO so early. And at this point, Tribe is still Jules's baby. And although he knows it needs to happen, handing over the keys to Anthony is a scary concept for Jules. My ego is probably just in those early stages trying to just go, right, can I take my hand off the wheel here? Has he got it? Can I trust him? Is he self-serving or is he thinking of the company or is he empathetic? Can he see it through my eyes and, and all of that normal stuff? It's interesting. Jules and Anthony have very different skill sets. And sometimes while having this conversation, I found myself wondering who was mentoring who. Now, this is an idea we're going to come back to later in the episode. But for now, you've already heard that Anthony was more established in business than Jules. And so it'd be natural to think that Ant was the mentor in the relationship. But surprisingly, when we reached out to Ant to be a part of this podcast, he definitely saw Jules as his mentor. He spoke about Jules helping him become more empathetic and helping him learn new communication skills. However, you'll notice as we go through this conversation today that the dynamic really fluctuates back and forth between these two. For now though, let's look at a time when Jules took on the role of mentor. In the early days of the business, Ant and Jules had a bit of push and pull as they each tried to define their role as CEO and founder. And so Jules, with a focus on communication, brings Ant into a room for the two to hash out the conflict. We made a commitment just to over-communicate and, and we sort of sat down as, as any sort of mature partnership or even a couple would do and, and talked about what was going well and what wasn't going well and made this commitment to over-communicate, whether it was just forwarding an email, BCCing on, a, on an email. And from that, just built an incredible amount of trust between the two of us and really those skill sets that we had that were very complementary but quite different really started to come to the fore and we trusted each other to solve the problems in our own domains. And it's been like that ever since. 
we, in most parts, get to the same point of agreement. Sometimes it's a bit more challenging than other times, but uh, we always get to the right place and, and we always do it upfront communication and, and certainly a large degree of transparency. So it's through open conversation and clear communication that they overcome these challenges. So now, let's go back to the story I mentioned at the start of the episode, where Jules said he felt like a naughty boy. Because this story demonstrates the fluctuating nature of their relationship. We had a, an experience once where Ant bravely addressed some of my contributions to the company as being probably quite toxic. Now, this is a very fraught moment, but a pivotal one. When it happens, Anthony and Jules are sitting on a park bench in New York City. Let's go to Anthony now to hear how he remembers the situation unfolding. Uh, Jules went on holidays. Um, we then met in New York. So the park bench was somewhere in central Manhattan. So it would have been autumn, somewhere around September, I think. Over that period, Jules and I were travelling quite a lot between Australia, UK and, and US and occasionally into, into Asia. So we were spending a lot of time with each other away from pretty much anyone else. It was a quite a high pressure period for the company. As Jules said, we were trying to raise some money and that's always a stressful period. And you could see it in Jules's behaviour and the way he was, yeah, involving himself in the things that he didn't necessarily need to and the anxiety sort of came with that. Jules's personality is in a large part our culture and it is so powerfully positive 95% of the time, but in pressure moments, if it swings, it can have that, uh, that negative effect. And so I was picking it up on it and certainly saw a few other people picking up on it. Now, this is a huge moment and very brave of Ant to tackle. I was really interested to hear how it felt for Jules to be confronted in this way. And so I asked Jules to take us back to that park bench in New York City and remember how it felt to be sitting across from Ant as he said this. When Ant first brought it up, I felt like a naughty, naughty boy. Like I sat on that bench and I saw I hated it. I hated it. It's just, it's so demoralising. It's so yuck. But just because it's uncomfortable does not make it wrong. The greatest growth always comes from that vulnerability. It doesn't matter if you're being shamed, which, you know, is my interpretation, you know, when you're emotive in the moment going, oh, my God, this is shocking. And uh, sadly, that happened during an investor pitch. (laughs) We walked into the investor meet and and Jules completely was introspective for the next two or three hours. So, you know, I was sitting there doing all the talking and I look over at Jules and he's sort of like staring out the window just <laughs> trying to work out how he was going to address this problem and, and not being present in the meeting, which I probably could have timed that a little bit better. So as we've heard, notwithstanding Anthony's questionable timing, Jules admirably took the feedback to heart. Here, Jules again talks about how difficult it was to hand the control of the company over to Anthony. When you're a founder, there's a point when your idea is an infant. It's entire survival, and even in the first year or two, entire survival of the business relies solely on you as you raise this thing. And then slowly it gets older and more and more people invest in it and other people are responsible for it as well. 
And so you imagine that as soon as this company hits its, you know, early 20s, if I am still a helicopter parent and I'm micromanaging every part of it like I needed to when it was an infant, I'm actually just stunting its growth. Like I'm getting in the way. You know, you have to evolve quickly and no one sort of teaches you. It's not like, right, every three months, how are you going to let go of it a bit more? How are you going to let go of it a bit more? And so there was a point where we were raising money and it was really tough. And without this money, the business could, you know, evaporate. And we were put to the test in certain ways. And I relied on a few of the team and probably didn't communicate it well enough. And it didn't go so well. And I panicked right? I'd be sitting in the passenger seat of their role and they've got the steering wheel and I'm, I've reached over and grabbed the steering wheel and I've disempowered these individuals. So we have uncomfortable conversations like that. And there's certainly times, and we, it's ironic we talk about mentor-mentee, but Ant probably has to pull me up more than I pull him up on behavior. And it's never enjoyable and it's horrible, but it's generous. In some ways, this moment in time, this meeting on a park bench, is like a microcosm of the relationship between Jules and Ant. They aren't afraid to have tough conversations with one another, and they take on different roles at different times. When we first reached out to Ant, he was adamant that Jules was his mentor. But when you hear this story, it demonstrates that either one of them can take on that mentor role, depending on what the moment calls for. I wanted to hear if this was something that Jules and Ant were conscious of. Our styles are very, very different and I tend to come at things more from an objective and practical perspective and that also has its huge benefits to, to the business too, but it's the blend of the two which work really well. I guess my natural leadership style or management style, it tended to be quite black and white when I first came in, probably lacking in, in empathy, but... You know, Jules is, is a master of communication in, in the way that he's built his media career and in, in the way that he can get up on stage and talk to people and, and communicate with people. And it's just part of who he is and, and really sort of being able to pick up on those skills and myself being open to that feedback and, and really sort of changing the way I manage and lead and, and understanding that my way isn't the way all the time. And it's certainly something that is ongoing, but um, a big change in, in the way I conduct myself for uh, over the last four or five years. On the flip side of that, I over-empathise and there's no way I would have been able to make any of the decisions that Ant has. And so it, for me, you know, Ant's given me courage to stand strong, to put the business first, and it's just a critical part of, of the entire process. You cannot build a business on someone who's as uh, sensitive and emotional roller coaster as I am. I've been able to gain an enormous amount from Ant because when the going gets tough, he's stoic and I'm in a fetal position. This is the part of the episode where we like to ask the participants about the human side of the business relationship. As Jules and Ant have both demonstrated, they don't shy away from tough conversations and open communication. And so I was quite curious to know how they really felt about each other. I started out by asking Ant if there was anything he'd never said to Jules before. Well, appreciation is, I still feel so lucky to be a 
given the opportunity of being the CEO of Tribe and, you know, having no right to, to get that opportunity and giving everything I can to it. And what Jules puts in and what I learned from him just going on this journey together is so much more powerful and enriching than doing it solo. And that's just sheer appreciation for that opportunity and for Jules's impact. You know, this is such a, a formative part of the person I am and, and no doubt the person I will be for the rest of my life. And that's something I greatly appreciate. I really, really admire and I sit in awe very often, and I should say it to you, Ant, around your stamina, your mental abilities. Your output is phenomenal, but also just your courage and, and your application. You, you are an absolute weapon. There's no way any of this, I just can't even imagine, you'd be you're one in a million to be able to find someone else who would have been able to achieve what you have achieved and what you continually do. The foundations that you set and how you lead this company is phenomenal. I mean, just completely in my mind, redefined what a leader is and what a leader does. I'm incredibly thankful, not only for making the business better, but for making me better. It's not a mentor-mentee relationship. It's a, it's a friendship and it's a business partnership. In any relationship, there's uncomfortable conversations. And this is a, an equal relationship where we invest in each other. Because we're so different, there's so much we can gain from the other person. And he's very sensible and responsible and boring at times. And <laughs> But he's exactly what you want in a CEO. He's just smart. He takes risks, but they're calculated. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Ant and Jules talk, it's clear that not all mentor-mentee relationships are made equally. In other episodes of this podcast, we've heard stories where the boundaries are clearly drawn, but at Tribe, the roles are a little more fluid. At various points in their relationship, both Ant and Jules have had to play the parts of both mentor and mentee. And although Ant insists that Jules is his mentor, both Ant and Jules are using their strengths to push and challenge each other and ultimately to help the business and one another level up. And this is probably something I don't say to anyone anywhere near enough, but I appreciate you like you don't hear enough and, and, and certainly like we don't have the opportunity to, to share in this really awkward moment. <laughs> That's the sound of Jules dropping his microphone on the floor. <laughs> The radio professional dropped his microphone. Oh, my God. You've been listening to Level Up, a show about the personal and professional growth of some great Australian entrepreneurs and startups and the mentors who've helped them along the way. Level Up is produced by LaunchVic. LaunchVic exists to support the growth of the Victorian startup ecosystem. If you're interested in mentoring or you'd like to learn more about LaunchVic, visit the website at launchvic.org. Production assistance on Level Up is provided by Wavelength Creative. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey, and I'll speak to you next time. <laughs>